I am not going back the same. I've got a little African fire to bring back to the American church. So, amen? All right. And that's not a joke. We need this. So we, we, we are going to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, like I said yesterday. I'm excited to encourage you in some discipleship processes. And I'm very encouraged by you and your passion for the Lord. So thank you. All right. How many of you want to be effective for Jesus? All of you? You all told me yesterday that you are willing to make disciples. And I want to encourage you today specifically how you can do that. Today we will review briefly some of what we learned yesterday. But we're going to dive into more specifics on how to make disciples. I want to ask you for something this morning. What we will go through at times might feel tedious. Uh, it might feel difficult because we'll be talking about steps and processes and things like this. I want you to pay very close attention and I want you to take good notes. And when you go home, I want you to make disciples. In Colossians 3, we are told to do whatever we do with all of our strength for God, not for men. So when it's difficult, I want you to keep making disciples for God. Okay. Alright, so let's look again at Paul. 2 Timothy 1-2, Paul says to Timothy, My dear son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Timothy at this point has been commissioned to a city. Ephesus. Encouraged, encouraged to raise up leaders to lead the church in that area. Paul had discipled him. And now he had sent him out to continue making disciples that would make disciples. I also want you to turn to Titus real quickly. Okay. Titus 1.4. In Titus 1.4 we read, To Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace to you from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Almost word for word what he told Timothy. Titus is another man that Paul had invested his life in. And now Titus was in Crete. Crete. 
Raising up leaders to lead the Christians there. Both of these men, Paul had disciples. And now as Paul, Paul is sending them out to disciple disciple makers. So today we're going to look at Paul the disciple maker. Yesterday I told you about how Jesus was a disciple maker. You, you knew this. I shared with you yesterday Luke 12.1. Thousands of people were gathering to hear from Jesus. And he turned and focused on his disciples. He said the disciples are more important than thousands. He ministered to thousands, but he prioritized disciples. I told you yesterday how nearly every chapter in the entire, in all four Gospels, mentions the disciples. You, you cannot read the Gospels without realizing Jesus' discipleship focus. Yesterday we saw Jesus' discipleship example. Today we'll look a little bit at Paul's discipleship example. And I'm going to refer to three different points right now. One, Paul was an authentic disciple himself. Brandon told us yesterday about the importance of being an authentic disciple before you make disciples. I want to remind you of this again today. If you are not honoring God's word, if you are not pursuing Christ passionately, if you are doing ministry in the power of your flesh, the people you disciple are going to follow those bad examples. If you want to make disciples that will win Africa and the world for Christ, and I want to make a quick note here. I said Africa and the world. Because you're not called just to reach Africa. You are called to reach the world. So you're in Uganda, but God has called you to an international ministry. God has called you to make disciples that will make disciples that will spread throughout the earth. And someday some of you will be called to be missionaries to my country. So, as you seek to make disciples that will win Africa and the world to Christ, never lose sight of the call to you to be a disciple. Paul demonstrated this in his discipleship of the Thessalonians. If you have one of these workbooks, turn to page 5. I'm going to tell you some of the godly characteristics 
that Paul demonstrated in his discipleship. In chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, in verse 4, we read that Paul worked for God. He was not concerned about working for the praise of other people. All that mattered to him was God and obeying him. Paul loved those that he led. Sincerely loved them. Paul loved them. Paul shared the gospel and God's word. Too many ministries share opinions. Or, or they mix God's word with culture and opinion and thoughts and whatever else, society. Paul stuck to God's word. You have to do the same. Paul shared his own life with those he discipled, we read in verse 8. Not just the gospel, but his life. His money, his time, his energy. Paul exhibited fatherly care. Paul exhibited motherly care. All you pastors in here, be good mothers to your flocks. <laughs> Sounds funny, doesn't it? <laughs> but we should care for them. We should have compassion for them. We should be gentle when we need to be gentle. But also be a good father. Right? Okay, Paul in his ministry was gentle. Verse 7. He was generous and not greedy. He endured and persevered. Hearing some of your stories, you... You live in some places, some of you live in places that are very dangerous. Many of you live in places that are very difficult. Persevere and endure. That's how Paul made disciples. Paul was courageous. He demonstrated competence. Which means he learned and he, he, he was careful to grow to be better in ministry. Paul was honest. There can be a temptation in ministry to paint a better picture than reality. Or maybe not to tell someone what they really need to hear. Be honest. That's how Paul led. Paul was diligent. He lived a life of integrity. He led by example. You can't tell people to do what you're not doing yourself. If you want your churches to evangelize, you must be an evangelist. If you want your churches to make disciples, you must make disciples. Okay, Paul encouraged those he led. 
comforted those he led, challenged those he led, and he served with hope, and he served with joy. All of those are attributes of his own personal character. In Christ, of course, if you try to fabricate this in your flesh, you'll fail. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is not just possible, but it is a guaranteed reality. And Paul demonstrated these things as an authentic leader. If you want to make disciples that will win Africa and the world for Christ, you must be an authentic leader. In our country, we have televangelists that are famous, they're wealthy, that have TV shows. That have private airplanes. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> Some of these private airplanes cost $60 million. And many of these men are hypocrites. They'll talk one thing on TV, and they live something completely different. Oh, oh, on another time. One of them that is very famous. I won't tell you his name, but you've probably all heard it. Was photographed out of the country walking hand in hand on the beach with a woman different than his wife. <laughs> this came out in the tabloids. And he said that there's nothing wrong with it. We were praying. She's my sister in Christ. This is crazy. That's not a leader. That is, that is a false teacher. Don't be that person. Live a life of authentic discipleship. That is a foundation for making disciples. Honor God. Walk in integrity. No matter the cost, it's worth it. Paul invested his life in authentic disciples. Yesterday we talked about faith Christians. Do you remember? You all wrote down five names of faith Christians that you would begin discipling. Paul invested in those types of people. We just talked about two of them, Timothy and Titus. The Thessalonians were another clear example. We'll talk a minute from now about what happened with the Thessalonians. But these were authentic disciples that were willing to grow. So Paul said, that's where I'm investing my life. I'm going to review with you the five principles of a faith Christian. To remind you who to invest your time in. You want to look for people that are faithful. Available. That take the initiative. 
that are teachable and that have a heart for God. Do you remember what I told you about those types of people? If you infect those people with the truth of God's word, it'll be like a virus infecting a healthy body with its genes. And it will multiply by the billions. So say it with me again. I am a virus for Jesus. Okay, look for healthy Christians to invest in. Paul did this. Paul did this. Okay, so Paul was an authentic disciple and he invested in authentic disciples. So what was the result? What was the result? He launched, Paul launched those people into ministry. Timothy to Ephesus. Titus to Crete. The Thessalonians, not just to Thessalonica. I've been to Thessalonica. It's not a huge town. But Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 8, that these people had reached the entire region of Macedonia and Achaia. That's a region of about 500 kilometers in any direction. Do you think they were effective? Paul says they were so effective, he could not even preach the gospel in that region because everybody had heard it. Very effective, right? He, he invested in the right types of people. Okay. Then it will be the same when you are an authentic disciple that invests in authentic disciples. Now, as a leader, I encourage you. You have to follow Paul's example and launch people into ministry. You, can, you cannot keep them under you. It's not okay. You have to delegate. Uh, Brandon, Brandon has taken over our college ministry. That's not a threat to me. I want to see Brandon thrive in that. And it frees me up to invest in others as well. Follow Paul's example and launch people that you disciple into ministry. You'll be much more effective. I don't want to just make this leadership training, but I'll share a leadership nugget. Uh, John, Maxwell John Maxwell says, when someone can do something 80% as good as you can, it 
that moment you must delegate to them. And it will be constantly freeing you up for other ministry. Okay, so Paul was an authentic disciple. He invested in authentic disciples. And then he launched those authentic disciples into ministry. You're called to do the same. Yesterday we learned about... Amen. Yesterday we learned about the process of discipleship. We start with prayer. We meet new people. We preach the gospel. Right? We actively disciple those that we went to Christ. In our ministry, no one falls through the cracks. No one gets uh, neglected that becomes a Everyone that makes a decision for Christ, we try to follow up with. And if, and if they aren't available to be followed up with, it's, it's their issue. But we will be faithful to try. Uh, a young Muslim lady became a Christian about a month ago in our ministry. And Brandon's wife has been trying to disciple her since. It's been very difficult to connect with her. Probably because she has a husband that is not excited about her decision to But Brandon's wife is not going to quit trying to disciple them. So actively disciple those. You guys, when you do this, I encourage you to do it all in the context of God's If it's not in love, it's in vain. So love people sincerely from the heart. And finally, I told you to use good tools. Get good resources. Make your discipleship training solid. We will help you with that today. But use good tools to make the process work. That's how Paul made disciples. So my question to you today. Are you going to follow Paul's example? Yes. Are you going to stop when it gets difficult? Are you going to forget what we teach you? I ask you to be diligent to make disciples.